Welcome to Start the Beat with Sykes. My name is Sykes and this is my podcast. Before we get started, I just wanted to take a quick moment to thank everyone who checked out the last episode. If you're one of those people, I hope you enjoyed the conversation and thanks so much for coming back. But for those of you out there who are new to the show, welcome. Feel free to make yourselves at home. And as always, there's beer and beer and beer and beer and maybe a soda in the fridge. Digital cheers, my friend. Digital cheers. Cheers me. Cheers me. <laughs> oh, yo. I'm sitting, Hello? Here, I'm sitting here today uh, via the internet with my friend, compadre, fellow hat wearing, beard loving, beer chugging son of a bitch, James Evans. Make some noise for the internet. James has been a he's been a quarantine buddy of mine. One of the very few people yeah. I've been uh, regularly having video chats with, little afternoon beers, chatting about you know guitar and life and metal and you know just getting through it. How you hanging? How you hanging in there, man? Uh, the first few weeks were fun. The um. Last few have been rough. You know, you sit there, you start reflecting on things that have gone wrong or right in your life. And then things get real, real weird. You cry a bunch, you laugh a bunch. Especially for me, because right like right now I'm totally alone. I spend most of my days talking to my dog if I'm not talking to you or a couple other people on FaceTime. So it's it's definitely different. And before this all happened, I'm like, oh, I need a vacation. But at least I had the option of going somewhere to see somebody. I don't have that right now, so it's sure. it's weird. Sure. And what have you been doing in that in that time alone? Um, been working on a band, uh, writing riffs for said band, uh, drinking a lot of beer because why the hell not? We're at home all the time. And uh, watching The Walking Dead, crying a lot at it. I'm like, why is everyone so good? <laughs> um, and then uh, just chilling with my dog, taking her for walks, trying not to get anyone sick, trying not to get sick. So, yeah, I had a thought. I was thinking about, you know, everyone being in the house and obviously drinking or not drinking. In terms of beer, because for people that don't know you, you you make you're a brewer, you do beer. That's kind of your thing when you're not riffing. Yeah. Yep. So you're a beer guy. You're in the beer industry. I am. Do you think that this pandemic is going to have any effect on the current trend of what beer has been popular? I don't know if it's going to have any trend on what's been popular, but from what I'm gathering, case sales have been up like crazy. Um, and I think after this is said and done, there'll be a group of people that want to go out like myself. But I think a lot of people are going to stay at home and continue to buy cases. Uh, I think this is going to have a lot of people weirded out. Uh, and I mean, I guess rightfully so. But I think. We should try to get back to normal and, you know, cheers a beer, have a high five and just enjoy whatever you enjoy. Yeah, I agree. I I have fallen back in love with the idea of being at home. You know, most of the money that I make goes into having this roof over my head and these things in the house. So it's nice to yeah. actually spend time here. So I can't I do probably see myself maybe even once things get back to normal, being like a yo, go down to roundabout, go down to Penn or somewhere, get a six pack, go home and do the thing there instead of just hanging out at the bar. It might not be as appealing as it used to be to me. Um, Now, for myself personally, as soon as this is over, I'm going to run down to my favorite bar, which is Ruggers in Southside. I'm going to a high five and i'm gonna just give the bartender my phone with a lip address already typed in 
when I'm ready, I'll give her the sign. I'll let her know what the sign is. Uh-huh. I'm going to get wasted. <laughs> well, I, 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 will, I will say uh, there's definitely a different scenario because, like, obviously, Ruggers is a place that you have a social tie to. It's not just something a place where you go and drink and you don't talk to anybody like you know the people there so it's going to be more of a thing i mean i'll probably come down with you i'll come down high five and i'll the bartender might have to hold two phones dude i can't wait to hug you (laughs) hug just like a a warm embrace from another human i'm saving up all the heat that i possibly can for you so (laughs) it's gonna bring a whole new meaning to start the heat Oh, sound effects. I get the sound effects tonight. I'm winning. You get the whole thing. So with you don't see any like trends happening with beer, like maybe because people aren't able to access their 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 hazies, even though they can. I think that everyone's just going to keep on keeping on. Yeah, it doesn't feel like. Yeah, it doesn't feel like much has really changed. At least around here, it's not like in Pittsburgh, we've been fortunate where we haven't gotten hit as hard as other places. And I feel that like most of the breweries and stuff around here that people go to a lot, they're still shipping us ton of cases and you can go down and pick up cans to go and things like that. So I think for the most part, a lot in terms of the beer consumption hasn't changed too much around here. Um. Yeah, because I... I... I've been keeping in some uh, constant contact with the head brewer at Penn, and I ask him how everything's doing. He just says K sales are way up, which I mean, obviously makes sense because people want to drink. They want to do things to keep their mind off of what this is. And I think that's important. I think it's important to keep your mind off of it, you know, stay focused, stay ahead of it, do what you can do to, you know, combat what's happening and i mean beer is a really good reason to stay in the house i mean it is <laughs> i mean i mean i take my dog for a walk every single day just to give her some exercise and i will continue to do so at personal risk and whatever but i think beer is just a it's it's always been that avenue for people to just kind of forget about the ugly in the world whether it before this after this long after this is done i think that's the beauty behind beer beer is an avenue even if you don't get drunk off of it it's just an avenue to forget about the world's problems for the amount of time in which you need to forget about it whether that be one two beers six twelve beers whatever it is you get to forget that the problems exist you get to have that period of time in which you just get to have fun if you use it correctly now (laughs) obviously there's people out there that don't use it correctly and that sucks and that's a terrible thing and those avenues to fix that will always be in place but this is the first time in my in a very long time that i felt like myself a very fun person yeah you're so I mean, I got drunk the other night and shaved my head and beard off. <laughs> I did my best like, cosplay. I mean, look at this. We can be the same person. Yeah, I know. <laughs> it's kind of creepy. I thought you were growing your hair out, man. Um. So, just being drunk and bored. I was like, you know what? <laughs> with the no- with the whole new band thing coming on, I was like, you know what? Let's do it. I had you know, this mangy little mop going. I was like, I'll shave it off, shave the beard off. Uh, and then we'll, we won't shave it until this project plays its first show. No beard trimming, no hair trimming. It is what it is. Okay. All right. So I see what's happening now. So with the beer that we've been consuming while we've been home, is there anything that you've had over the past few weeks that maybe you hadn't had before? Any sort of styles or things that you really knocked your socks off? No, nothing. Honestly, nothing really rocks my socks off anymore. But I will say this just today, a friend of mine 
who right before we started this podcast challenged me to a drink off, which I haven't lost one, not even once. I was drinking a new Belgium. Uh, one sec. Okay. As we're mountain time premium lager tastes very similar to a Miller high life. I wasn't mad at it huh? at all. So. New Belgium makes good beer. They do. Dude, I'm not one of those people that ever falls into, oh, this big brewery bought this brewery, or they teamed up with somebody else. I can't drink it anymore. Fuck off. I'll drink it. I don't give a shit. Yeah, I'm the same way. I I, I find that that's a really... I mean, I guess maybe if I owned uh, an, an independent brewery or something, maybe I could see it. But I don't know. I'm not going to sit here and say that I'm not going to buy, like, a six pack of wicked weed from market yeah. district, which you could do now they have wicked weed at market district. Oh, I know, but that's, that's such <laughs> but, a terrible thing. Whereas we have, we would have to take eight hour, 10 hour, 12 hour drives to get this set product, but we can't drink it anymore because somebody came in with money oh, yeah. and let them make that product that you love more consistently. But we have to hate that. Well, dude, well, I was going to say, fucking <laughs> I was going to oh. I was going to say, like, I'm not going to sit here and say that I can't buy this while I'm standing there wearing like a pair of Levi's and like Adidas shoes yeah. and like, you know, a hoodie from Target. Like, it's not like it's- <laughs> Dude, you're not wrong. You're not wrong. And like, there's so like there's and to anyone listening to this, if that's what you want to do, do it. If it makes you happy, feel like a better person, do it. For me, I don't give a shit. I care about the contents of the bottle and the fact that they bought them. Whatever, dude. That product is just going to be more consistent from bottle to bottle from year to year. And if you want to argue me on that, whatever. That's do it. I don't give a shit. I don't. Um, it's just a craft beer is such a weird thing that people. It's it's like underground music. Craft uh, beer gonna, is underground music. I was going to say you love it until it outgrows that back pocket pamphlet or whatever that thing yeah. is nowadays you have as soon as it outgrows it it's not cool anymore i'm drinking new belgium i'm still drinking these breweries that have outgrown themselves to a lot of those you know diehards and i just i don't care if the product's good i'm gonna drink it yeah i think one of the the key things about beer He's like, you know, it whatever is convenient and tastes good to you. If it's around, drink it. It's just a drink. I think there's a lot of people that get caught up in this whole hype thing where it's like, yeah, you know, maybe five years ago would have drove 10 hours just to go to like Wicked Weed or to go to some other yeah. brewery, you know, and like it's just beer. It is just beer. And now a lot of people know about it. And it's like, you know, it's easy to have that same sort of feeling like whenever like they all of a sudden started playing corn on TRL back in the day when it was like, no, corn is my band. I don't want the popular kids to know who corn is. It's like, fuck it. They're a good band. People are going to listen to them. And if Wicked Weed was a good enough brewery to get bought out by fucking Anheuser-Busch, then they're going to get bought out. And there's a lot of people out there that were like, you know, I would never do it. If someone came to your door offering you life, just life in money form, you're probably going to take it. There's nothing wrong with that. Like to ensure that your family has the future that you want to have. I mean, that, that can't be a terrible thing. You don't have to like it, but it's just me. And maybe it's, I'm not the most. I mean, yeah, it's different for everybody. I mean, you got breweries like Oscar blues and Dogfish head that are like fiercely independent, right? They're st- they're, they're all still super independent. Well, I know that Dogfish did the whole Sam Adams deal. I know Victory and Southern Tier teamed up. And I think that's way cooler. I mean, that is yeah. awesome. Yeah, but they're still that, like, yeah, they're still not like, that's still like pretty DIY. Because even Sam Adams is still technically family. Owned, I right? just, I, well, I wanted to point out the Paramore records you have on that shelf back there. And I love them. Yeah. They're great. They're one of my favorite bands, dude. Hell yeah. As they should be. 
as they should be. Fantastic songwriters. It's so fucking psychotic to me. I mean, that album's really good, but also they put out that album and they were like, what, in their late teens, maybe early 20s, probably not even. Like Haley Williams is probably a couple years younger than me. And that album came out in 2000 and when did this come out? 2009? Eight? I might be even sooner than that. Oh, eight? Is it oh, eight? Of course, the of course, the fucking year's not on the back of this. <laughs> Google. But yeah, I, I was just uh, I've been like listening to a lot of records since I've been home. So I was I was yeah. some Paramore. A little I was bit listening ago. to Paramore literally an hour before we started this podcast. What, what, Haley Williams might actually be my rock and roll crush. Uh, Not wow. June 12th, 2007. That album came out. Ooh. Yeah. Wow. I guess Brand New Eyes came out in 2009 then. But yeah, that's insane. That is so insane. This album's 13 years old. Wow. Damn. I just, All the hits. I just did a... Uh, I just recorded a, a headphone hideaway on Cradle of Filth's Midian. What? Yes. Yes. And uh, this album on Halloween is going to turn 20. We're old. Yeah, dude. We're fucking old. Oh, my God. Dude, I was dude. like, what the fuck? <laughs> Midian's 20 years old. Are you serious? Like, I still remember fucking going to the store and buying it when I was like a fucking little shit, dude. It's nuts. We are old. We're not that old. We just grew up around a lot of cool stuff. We did. We really did. Oh, man. That record, really? 20? Yeah, it came out on Halloween, or Devil's Night, technically, October 30th, 20, or, yeah, 2000. October October 30th, year 2000. I looked it up earlier because, like I said, I did that. I did a video oh, on it. Dude. Oh, my God. Yeah. So, this Devil's Night, I might have to have a, a, a cradle of filth party. If we can, yeah, if we, if we we can hang out together. That would be fun. You have to come dressed as a member of Cradle of Filth. I will come dressed as Danny Filth. Everybody, everybody can dress up as Danny Filth, but it has to be different eras of Danny Filth. <laughs> I'll obviously be like current day, kind of like bloated over the hill Danny Filth. But the... Well, the the thing that's fucking killer, though, is that they still put out really good fucking music. I mean, they've been doing it so long. Yeah. It's funny, like, when when you're a band that does it so long and you make a misstep, everyone wants to crucify you for it. But it's like, you can't. I mean, there's obviously exceptions to the rule, but you just can't do it over that many years and not have a sidestep or a a trip in the road. And a lot of the time... Yeah, and a lot of the time too, depending on the band, like you might be in a situation where the sidestep isn't even necessarily your fault. Like you take like that, uh, like that Darkest Hour self-titled record that was on Sumerian. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And I know, like, you know, it's a bit of a, a sidestep for them, but you know, they don't play any of that stuff anymore. The album didn't do super good. I think it was just a thing where like label management and people kind of talked them into trying something different and it didn't work same thing with maybe that suicide silence album that was super weird that they got a lot of flack for uh which i think was like (laughs) i think that was also a self-titled what is it about bands putting out self-titled records in the middle of their discography trying to reinvent their sound and it's just dog shit from what I just read, my favorite band's newest record is self-titled, and they've never put out a bad record, so I don't want to believe that that's a curse. Who, every Time I Die? <laughs> yeah. Okay. They're doing the self-titled thing, too? Yeah, uh, after all these years. It's, it's not, every, not happens to every band. The Deftones self-titled album's a great record. And Lamb of God's gonna do one as well. <laughs> Should I do that? <laughs> For Grey Walker and Sykes? Yeah. Both. Just both of them are self-titled records. No, I'm... I I think eventually I'm just going to do one super project album that's both projects together. 
Really? Yeah, sure. Why not? You want to do that? Yeah. Do it. I'm going to. I got to record. I got to finish up stuff we're working on already. But yeah. Who the fuck cares? The new Sykes you- and the New Violence stuff is heavy enough for Grey Walker to play you it anyways. Know, I, the other night when I was on the uh, on that stream that the new song is fucking dope, dude. That shit is good. Thank you. Catch the shit. Like the, I, I like how you and Mandy like play with like, like the vocals. Like you'll say something, she comes in afterwards. Like I was really enjoying that. It's dynamic. Thank you. I enjoyed it. We've, we've been working really, really hard on it. So it, I'm, it seems like people are digging it. People are understanding wow. what we're trying to do. So I'm super stoked. So my question is, you said you were working really, really hard on it, but like there was a pause. So were you working really, really hard on it or, 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 or were you working really, really hard on it? We were working. We've been, I actually, you know what? <laughs> I know. <laughs> I, I just feel like we've been very consistent in working on the songs for a long time. So. Uh, yeah, I, it's not necessarily hard work. It's just being patient and actually giving mm-hmm. the songs time to develop and become what they are now. Because, like, honestly, like uh, everything that's on this new album that we're recording, uh, a lot of it was written. Like, pretty much, there was a version of like, how can I put it? All of this stuff was written and done. Probably by the end of last summer. Yeah. Um, and then it was just like, okay, these are the songs. Now let's go back through and redemo everything. And then let's start playing it live. Now let's redemo it. Like, just like, so we've like really been like cycling through instead of like writing it, recording it, like, okay, there it is. It's like everything's like really had this like crazy lifespan of just like, we keep on going back through and trying to make sure every little part is as cool as it can be. So, yeah, it seems like really, really wild um, to think like, Oh, you know, we're, we've spent like an extra six months just writing, but it's not like six months consistent. You know, it's like we get one day a week to maybe get together for a couple hours. So it's just like when you're working on, such a small time frame because of everybody's availability it just ends up taking longer in the grand scheme of things i'm glad you brought that up because like the way i feel about writing a song like i really think it's awesome that we we have these tools where whether it be me you whoever out there we can come up with an idea and send it to other people but there is really a lost art of getting in a room with the group of people that you want to be in a band with and just hammering it out. Yeah. Yeah. Everything. Um, yeah. As I say, like, everything really changed because with the way that we write psych songs is it's in this room. I mean, the guys come over, we write stuff, mm-hmm. we record it into my computer and then, you know, we structure the songs that way. But yeah, things really changed once we, actually took this stuff to the practice space and started actually playing it. And then also uh, our buddy Jordan who plays drums and back alley sound, he's going to be playing live drums with us for shows. Oh, Jordan? Yeah. Jordan Bosley? Yeah. Fuck yes. Fuck yes. He's awesome. He's such a good drummer. Um, So, and honestly, like working with him and like hearing like his ideas getting mixed into the stuff, like some of the like rhythm stuff that he did while there are no live drums on the record, like I went back and changed like the program and sample drums to kind of match some of the rhythms that Jordan changed on some of the songs, like in bad seed. Like if you listen to that song, like the original version of it, and then the post like Jordan idea version, there's a lot of little nuance that like Jordan's brought to the table that I ended up going back and changing on the mix. It changed, it like helped a lot with uh, the rhythm. It's super cool. Yeah, I, I just, for me personally, like, like I'm starting, like, with this project that I'm starting, like, I'm adapting to the whole, you know, you record a riff, you program some drums, you send it to everybody, and everyone's cool with it. But there really just 
that natural element can't be replaced. There is something about it that is so pure and, and focused. And I think it has everything to do with the fact that there's just people. There's people there. And they're going to fight and claw and, you know, scratch and claw their that way to their belief in, in, in their feeling. And I think that's huge. And we live in the time where you don't even have to be that good on your instrument. You can just record something and, and, and monkey around and, and create something great. So I, I really do respect that whole idea of just the four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. However many people are in your band, that whole idea of getting into a room and hammering out the idea. Yeah. Because it, some of the best things I've ever done in the bands that I've been in have been done. Like I've come in with like one or two ideas, but I've been stuck. And then I play them. And because I have that live drummer, maybe he plays a something. He just does something. And I'm like, oh, I can go there. And I go with it. Yeah, I think the power of collaboration is mm-hmm. something that makes music really, really great. I mean, even for so many solo artists that exist, you know, their songs wouldn't be what they are without the people that collaborate with them. You know, like yeah. somebody like Beyonce gets a ton of credit, rightfully so, because, you know, she's an important person in the social world and blah, blah, blah. But when it comes to her music, it's like, you know, there's a dozen people that are behind her helping her craft all that stuff together. And without those people, Beyonce would not be the Beyonce that Beyonce is, probably. Yeah. At least musically. I don't think so. I really don't. And And that's people, I think. Well, I was going to say, and that's the same thing with like, uh, I was just recently talking about that Lana Del Rey album, Ultraviolence, which is a really cool record. And I was watching that. That's all the dude from the Black Keys that produced it. You know, like he yeah. really, really helped bring the ideas of those songs to life in a way that really brought that album. It gave it what it needed. So, you know, without that little teamwork, you know, so it's always really, really crucial to find the right people, even if they aren't necessarily people in the band. It could be a producer. It could be uh, a manager or just some sort of a some sort of a tastemaker behind the scenes saying like, Hey, I think you should do this. Anytime somebody has an idea, I think it's worth at least listening to them because, uh, you know, those people have ears and thoughts about things just the same as you have. And if they're, if they're hearing something in your music that you're not, it could be a great idea. It could be a shit idea, but it's worth to listen to them. So, I don't I, I see for me there's nothing there's no such thing as a bad idea when it comes to the creative mind. There's only avenues that you decide to not take. And I think that's the dangerous part of it. I think that if someone is if you if you've allowed someone into your creative process and you're not willing to listen. And I mean that as an artist, you have to be you know, you have to be able to do that like to sit there and write a riff i'd be like oh this is great to present it to somebody takes an amount of courage and if you're not willing to listen to that even if it doesn't work you should be trying your damnedest to make it better at every turn yeah and i think that in a lot of ways, people's egos and people's like, oh, I wrote this. I love it. I, it gets in the way. And with me, like, especially within the last few years of things that have happened in my life, um, it's taken a lot. It's, it's definitely taken a lot to strip it back. And like, no, there's always a way to do something better. Or maybe you have figured out the best way to do it. Or, but just listen just listen to everything if you're if you're allowing it into your world listen to it i agree and that I th- make- no it makes all the sense i think that ego i agree definitely gets in the way a lot of the times with bands that are having a hard time remaining productive or getting on the same page and i think that just a lot of people forget you know if 
I ask you to join my band, it's because I think you're a good guitar player and I respect your ideas and I think you're going to bring something to the table. So why, whenever you have an idea, would I shut it down? It's like, no, it's like if you're working with people whose ideas you respect, if they have something that is goes against what you think is a good idea, you need to at least listen to them. If you're not willing to listen to them because you don't have faith in their ideas, why are you playing in a band with them? Yeah. Yeah. I think when it comes to that, that dynamic, a lot of people feel threatened. And I was in a band where I wrote a lot of stuff and every once in a while shit would happen where I would feel threatened. And it, it came from a, a place where, so when I started playing guitar, period, didn't know what the fuck I was doing at all, had no idea. And the dude that was teaching me, uh, Mike, was like, you're going to get good at guitar because I want you to be in my band because I love you. And his way of teaching me was if I didn't get something right, he would punch me in the head. Not the best way of doing anything, but it, I didn't like getting punched in the head. So guess what I did? I learned how to play guitar fast. And in doing so, it ingrained this, this whole idea in my head that nothing can suck because if it sucks, something bad happens. So from there, it went, I wrote a lot. I just, I just kept writing and writing and writing and writing writing and going and going and going and going and going to the point where the band that I was in before I moved to Pittsburgh just had a mountain of riffs and we just had riff after riff after riff to go from. And he at some point wanted to start contributing and I had my own ego about me in which I was like, no, it's not mine. I don't want to do it. Mm. And in time, learns that is that is a very dangerous road to go down because you ignore the things in your life that are great. And you know, it sounds so stupid because people are like, oh, you just ignore some guitarists. Like, no, you you're not you're not acknowledging the the time, the sacrifice, the the creativity of another person. And that's huge to me. Like that is huge. Like if I don't listen to all types of music and I never will claim to be that person. But if you take the time, whether it's a country guitar player trying to be Clint Black or Randy Travis, and they want to climb on a stage, you have my respect. And that's huge to me Um, because it takes a lot of guts to put yourself on the line, period, let alone in that public avenue. It takes a lot of guts. So I don't have to like it at all. But if, if you're willing to put yourself out there for people to judge you, you will endlessly, endlessly have my respect. Because it's it's so difficult to be passionate, especially in today's age, because there are so many people that aren't passionate. They go from one thing to the next thing to the next thing and they don't blink an eye but if you're passionate and you care it it's it's the lost art being passionate is a lost fucking art to me so if you do that and you care enough about it to give it to me i don't have to like it but i will respect you i'll shake your hand i'll be at your show i'll stand there i'll buy a beer i'll give that venue wherever you're at the love and respect that you deserve because it's scary and a lot of people are afraid to take that leap like when this quarantine's over not only am i going to start this band i'm going to go try my hand at stand-up because i want people to laugh at my experiences um life's a weird thing and like that's that's the weird thing quarantine's taught me life's a weird thing and we all deserve a pat on the back if you're doing your part to be quarantined, to be creative, to whatever it is you're doing. You're doing it right. A round of applause to you. Hell yeah, man. Maybe maybe that's a drunken, dumb fuck rant. I don't know. But... <laughs> 
No, dude, I, I agree. I think that it says a lot about somebody, I think, whenever somebody can't recognize that. And you had mentioned that whole idea of like, oh, you know, it's just guitar riffs. You shouldn't get bent out of shape over it. And it's like, no, it says a lot about your character overall. If you can't take the time to appreciate the tiniest thing that somebody else did, how are you going to appreciate yeah. the things that really matter that other people do? I think it's still willing. No, keep going. Keep I was going. I was just going to say that I think that it's like super duper important to uh, practice empathy and show support for others, especially people that you decide to let into your creative bubble. You know what I mean? If you're making that choice to play in yeah. a band with somebody else, make sure that their ideas are respected and encouraged, even if it's not 100% what you want that time. Right. They might yeah. bring the sickest fucking riff in the world next week. But if you shoot them mm-hmm. down this week and you're a fucking dick, they're not going to bring that riff. And then they might leave the band and start another band and have that sick riff on that band. You know, like, yeah, let you know, I can let people know that you give a fuck about what they're doing. Yeah. And I think in, especially in today's age, we forgot how to do that. Think- like everyone, myself included, have had moments of being completely self-absorbed and in my own head. To the point where I can't, I can't see past it. But I found a way to do it, it's, and it's it's not easy, and it takes a lot of. The only way to be your best self is to see your ugliest self, and if you can do that. You'll achieve so much more, and it sounds so dumb. I know it sounds dumb, and people are going to watch it like he's an idiot. He's just a drunk asshole. But if the past two years of my life have taught me anything, is no matter what happens, I'm going to be fine. I have a good mind. I have a good soul. and. I'm going to be fine and I'm going to find a way to create the avenues that I wish to seek or search out. Like I'm going to find a way to make that happen. Um, and I think a lot of people are so caught up with, you know, a lot of people get on social media and they get mad about things that they see that, that shit doesn't matter. That, that doesn't matter. That's, trivial shit half of it's not even um, true half of it's not true we're getting fed a a vast majority of the shit that you see on social media we're getting fed because you know that's the way they got bought and sold but like people get mad at that shit and act as if though it matters like no the only thing that matters is the shit that you see around you and i can't express to you how annoyed i get when i see something bad that happens in this city like someone an ignorant piece of shit goes out there and says something dumb or does something dumb or wears something dumb. And you see these assholes go, Oh, I'm ashamed to be from here. Why are you ashamed to be from someplace that has 99.9% of the population that is good. And yet you put on social media. I'm ashamed to be here. That person that does something stupid exists in every town, in every state, period doesn't change you don't have to be ashamed of the place be ashamed of the person and you have the choice to not associate with that person but yet they put their shit and their thoughts and their fucking mental verbal diarrhea on the fucking interwebs to get clicks to get likes to feel as if though they matter i don't matter i'm finding a way to matter and that's great don't do things to appease another person because it's going to get you facebook or instagram likes be you be honest be real i have no time for people who decide that they just need that embrace from their community if you don't want to embrace me don't embrace me i don't give a fuck i'm a good person 
I will give the shirt off of my back to you if you need it. I will do whatever you need if you need it. Just be honest, be real, be passionate. I know it's weird. And maybe this, maybe this podcast never makes it to air. I don't know. But I've had a great time talking. No, I'm definitely. I just, I just, dude, I see it all the time. People are just like, I'm ashamed. I'm like, don't be ashamed. Stop being ashamed. Do something. Do something. When you see that, stand up, say something, do something. But they don't. They just want that social media gratification. And I don't care about that. I just want more everyone that's passionate and gives a fuck about what's inside them to just come together and not be worried about the whole I'm here, I'm here, I'm no, we're all together because we're all doing the same thing. We're trying to bring people together. We're trying to bring people as one. We're trying to bring people to some sort of place where they can just be happy because there's not enough happiness in this world anymore sorry rant over i apologize if this podcast never makes it to air i won't blame you no i'm definitely releasing it this is actually a lot better than you may realize my friend dude i just you know you sit there and you're you're in a moment you think you lost everything. And then something comes along where you think you have everything. And you're reminded that the only thing that you have is the impact that you can leave on those that you encounter on a day-to-day basis. And I really think that's the point of art. Some people look at what other people do as a joke, and that's their prerogatives. But it's going to mean something to someone somewhere, somewhere down the road. Yeah. I agree. I think that that's, you know, for the longest time, I've stopped focusing so much on like, at least when it comes to art, um, not so much the art that somebody creates or the music that a band makes, but why are they making it? And how does this group of people interact with the world around them? Like, I would much rather hang out with a bad band full of good people than a good band full of bad people. I agree completely. You know, it's just like a band can play a band that I don't like playing songs that I don't care for, but playing them well and having a good time on stage is phenomenally more entertaining than watching a band play good songs, but they don't seem like they even fucking want to be there. Yeah. And I think that when it comes to all of this shit that we're going through now, in the way some people are continuing to act on the internet and the things that they're posting. I mean, it just says a lot about their character. It's like, yo, if you can't fucking figure this out, you're not going to ever figure anything out in terms of just like how to deal with like real fucking problems. It's going to really, really reflect on just what kind of a person they are and like what matters most to them. Like you see a lot of people that are spending their time home away from work, you know, putting time into creative things or taking time to find alternative sources of income to support themselves or their family or their pets and things like that. Like doing like productive things, staying, you know, on a good path. And then there's also people that are just like taking this time to do nothing productive at all except you know complain and spread fear on the internet and it's just like it's really really scary it's just like fuck like it's almost like there are some people that i feel are excited that they have something to like complain about and they're excited that they have something to 
get other people worked up about because it's it's fuel for their it's fuel for that need to be this force of like attention you know yeah it's i don't know i mean i can't i can't control what other people do i can just control my interaction with them you know it's like you can't you you uh you can't control other people but you can control the environment around you and if the environment around you has shitty people in it then you need to change that environment get the people Mm -hmm. away from you oh i completely agree uh and but for some odd reason those are the people that people pay the most attention to most rational people sane people they keep to themselves they're not being super loud on the internet or doing anything crazy controversial so of course you don't hear about them because they're focused on their own shit. You know, they're focused yeah. on working from home. They're focused on working from family, making sure the kids don't get sick. Just normal, simple stuff. So mm-hmm. you don't hear from them because there's nothing to talk about. But of course, if somebody is fucking online, like being a dick or just being really dramatic about something, of course, you know, it's like that fear and ignorance and negativity just like breeds more it's like a magnet you know so that's why you hear about it yeah i mean you're not wrong i just i just wish people could i don't know it just sounds so stupid because we're just two dudes talking about things but i just wish people weren't so blind to to to, to stuff and like it's okay to question like that's the thing, like it's okay to question what's happening. It's okay to question are we being fed the truth? Because like as as we talked about, like some of the shit we see on Facebook is being filtered. The shit that we see on a lot of these avenues that we all partake in is being filtered and people don't want to ask questions. Yeah, I mean there's I'm not nearly intelligent enough to get into any no. sort of like a conspiracy theory rhetoric about what's going on. No, 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 no. Me neither. Yeah. Dumb, I'm dumb as shit. I am dumber than a bag of cat shit. <laughs> <laughs> but like, dude, I don't know. Like, it's like that stuff is so above my pay scale in a way. Yeah. It's like, yeah. dude, oh, yeah. I, I have no yeah. idea. I cannot control the environment outside of me right now. You know, <laughs> I cannot control what is going on because obviously there is definitely yeah. a virus or something going on. But, you know, you know, one side of uh, news, news people were saying one thing and other people were saying other things. I'm still keeping my ear to the ground just because I want to know. I want to know what people are talking about. It's like I I can't even say I want to know what's going on because it's not a clear source to know what's going on. I just know what people are talking about. That's like all the news is. It's no longer the facts. It's just what people are talking about. So I I try to stay up with that. But other than that, it's just like, well, okay, how am I, uh, you know, how am I going to pay for the bills that are coming in? How? Yeah. Am I going to, you know, once things get back to normal, how am I going to acclimate to that? You know, what are the bands going to do? How am I going to continue to be productive with recording? Is there anything different I could do? Like, how am I going to continue to do the podcast? I mean, obviously, I've decided to do this for the time being, which is working (laughs) out. And uh, but it's just like those things. It's like I'm just worried about myself. I'm not worried about what else is going on because I have no fucking control of how quick doctors and nurses and governments and whatever find yeah. the vaccines or let us get back to work and think i have no fucking i don't know it could go on forever yeah. so i just need to act as if like what i'm doing today is going to be my permanent and how to make it the best and move forward and if things get better cool but like it sounds kind of dark to like live your life as if every day is rock bottom i'm not quite saying that but like <laughs> imagine that you know, like it's going to be like this for a while instead of saying like, oh, every day, oh, yeah. you know, tomorrow it's going to be different. 
expecting, you know, every day when you wake up tomorrow for all this to go away is fucking insane. And it's also just as insane to go to sleep and expect every day to wake up thinking that it's going to be worse because then you're just going to drive yourself fucking crazy. It's just like, yeah, focus on this. Uh, I, you know, my I just I have friends that are talking to me about stuff like, did you see this? Did you see that? And I'm just like, where the fuck did you read that? Who said that? Who saw that? It's just like, yeah, it's like people just see stuff and assume that it's 100% truth. And that is not the best way to go about things in a time when all of these news companies that, you know, are giving you news. The only way they're able to stay afloat now because of the way the internet works is if people are going on their website and if they post stuff yeah. like things are okay, you're not going to go on the website. But if they post stuff like everything so, is terrible, they're going to yeah. click on the website. It, it's like, I think this might be like the most controversial thing that I'll say right now. Um, but most of the, I would say a large majority, not all, but a very large majority of the people that I see online that have a very difficult time maybe understanding more than one side to a story or, you know, seeing more than one side of a coin are people that have like very limited life experience. You know, they're younger people or they're people that don't have families or like any sort of an actual like stable job or like any like major responsibilities are these things that you encounter throughout life that end up forcing you to see things from multiple angles. You know, like if you have this life with like super low responsibility to the other people around you and to yourself and to your environment, of course, it's really easy to like live on this really narrow track and like narrow minded form of thinking. But once you get into, I hate saying the real world, but like, I mean, you get into a position where it's like, oh, you know, now I'm a homeowner or now I have, you know, a ton of bills or now I have a kid or now I have school loans to pay off. And there's like all of these like extra responsibilities and you start needing to do things outside of your comfort zone to make things work. Then you start to really realize like how unimportant some of the trivial shit really is. And then you start to focus more on that bubble and just like, yourself and the immediate people around you instead of constantly worrying about what everybody else people that you'll never fucking meet in your life or interact with what they're doing as if like what they're as if like what some fucking like you know it's like i hate to say this but it's like as if like some like crazy far-right republican dude that lives in the middle of nevada or in the middle of fucking montana as if what they do with their life has any impact on me or anyone else that like lives here in Pittsburgh. (laughs) I'm probably going to, I grew up in Pittsburgh. I'm probably going to fucking die here. I like it here. I don't plan on leaving. I have my things. I have my, my job that I really love. I have people in my life that I love. I have a house that I love. I've met bands. Like I I'm here. Things are good. I've worked hard to get to this point in my life where I have things that I care about and I'm going to work to keep those afloat as long as I can. And I'm just going to focus on those things. So if some fucking dickhead in Montana posts some weird fucking thing on the internet, I'm not going to fucking take any time out of my day, time away from the people that I love, my friends, my band, things that I care about to try to like fight some fucking stranger on the internet about their stupid viewpoints about something. Like why? Yeah. Like it has no fucking effect on me. Even if I like incredibly disagree with what this person is saying, it's just an idiot on the internet. We live in a time where we want to get our minds off of whatever it is that surrounds our lives. And I think to a certain degree, that's innocent, but to a certain degree, that's dangerous. Sure. I think that, you know, everybody has fucking bullshit that they have to deal with regardless of who they are everybody has fucking bullshit to deal with and you know we find our ways to deal with that on a personal level whether that may be you know me deciding to you know re-binge watch gilmore girls 
or you <laughs> having some beers. <laughs> like, you know, we all do beers. We all do our things. But like it's just like, well, you know, like you don't have to surround yourself with the things that you hate. And that's no. the other thing that like really surprises me too. It's like I get there's a shit ton of injustice in the world and a lot of things that definitely need to be talked about. And there's a place and a time to talk about those things. But there are people that undoubtedly just go out of their way to make sure that they're constantly surrounded by things that they hate. And yeah. it's not doing yeah, them any favors. They end up just like eroding the world around them because they become a miserable person. Most normal people don't give a fuck about what's making you mad on the internet they're worried about their own shit and if they're taking time away from their life to bring you into their life the last thing that most people want to hear is what you're fucking mad about especially if it has something to do with like something internet related i mean if it's something personal like fuck i'm dealing with this thing at work or fuck you know my girlfriend did this or my fucking husband did that or you know like yeah. sure personal shit yep. like let's connect on that but it's just like oh i'm fucking livid because i saw some fucking again that dickhead in montana posted something and yep. we've been fighting back and forth on twitter for weeks bro do you have nothing else for, to do right now dude most most people look for an excuse to run from whatever it is, whatever problem that mounts, people people look for the excuse to run. It takes a whole new level of person to to find the reason to stay. Sure. And fight. Sure. And cheers. Cheers, man. When this is all done, we should talk about doing a podcast, me and you. We could do it. What do you want? What, what do you want to? What do you want to do a podcast about? Whatever we want to talk about. Okay. Because every time, every fucking time we do this, we just talk and talk and talk yeah. back and forth. We could literally talk about whatever we want, and it's going to be here's good. a qu- here's a question: Have you used any of your quarantine time to finally realize that Baby Metal is a good band? No, no, I won't do that. Why I won't do that? Because a band by the name of Poppy exists, and they're hold on, dog shit. Yeah, I don't really care much for Poppy's music. Baby Metal's phenomenally better musically and everything. They're much better. No, they're the same thing. Not at all. At face value, no, but deep down, the same thing. And I hate them both. That's fair. I would say uh, Poppy is metal music and, and to a degree. It's, it's, it's metal music fueled by the gimmick. Baby metal is metal music just using a gimmick to fuel it. Okay, so so like I, I think really- that at the core of baby metal, you have really good songwriters that understand how to write metal and give a fuck about metal. Hell yeah! At the core of Poppy, I think you have people that give a fuck about a gimmick and know how to market a gimmick. I, so you're not wrong. I just I don't like either of them. That's fine. I'm not gonna be one of those people that's gonna try. I just it was I was trying to lighten lighten everything before we before we wrap up. If you will, oh, all right. So I'm like, I have to pee really, really, really bad. Okay, that's fine, dude. Let's fucking let, dude. Let's wrap it up. Like I said, I gotta start getting dinner ready and shit. But, dude, I'm sure I'll talk to you in a never, never. I'm I'm sure I'll talk to you probably tomorrow, most likely. I'll probably bug you. As you gotta pee, I'm gonna make you sit through this outro. And that is all, folks. Thanks so much for listening. One more time, uh, James Evans has Evans has left the building. He ain't holding that pee. I'll see you, dude. It's good talking with you. I'll be back again in a couple days. 
same time, same place, same channel. You know the drill. My name is Sykes. Start the beat. 2020. Woo woo. Thanks for listening. Peace out. See you later.